Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. Crazy, this could be used by Nazis. We've got that story, plus the raving Israelis. But first, on this all-Zio-Nazi World War III episode, folks might know I do a This Day in History segment every morning on my morning show. Last Friday, October 6th, was the anniversary of the start of the Yom Kippur War, and I said, watch out, occupied Zionstein likes to, you know, have wars on their holidays. And so it goes. Hamas launches large-scale combined attack on Israel. Israeli occupation army said Hamas was behind a combined attack, including the firing of rockets and terrorist infiltrations into Israeli territory from the Gaza Strip. Rockets streamed across the sky repeatedly after the first launches from multiple locations across Gaza. The armed wing of Palestinian group Hamas said it was behind the fire, claiming its militants had launched more than 5,000 rockets. We decided to put an end to all the crimes of the occupation. Their time for rampaging without being held accountable is over. We announced Operation Al-Aqsa Flood, and we fired, in the first strike of 20 minutes, more than 5,000 rockets. Israeli Occupation Army said Hamas was behind a combined attack. The office of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, whose father helped blow up the King David Hotel with Ergun terrorists, said the premier will surely convene security chiefs over the violence. Israel has imposed a crippling blockade on Gaza since uh, 2007, after Hamas took power. Palestinian militants in Israel have fought several devastating wars since then. The latest fire follows a period of heightened tensions in September when Israel closed the border to Gazan workers for two weeks. The shutdown of the crossing came as Palestinian protests rocked the heavily militarized border. Protesters had resorted to throwing rocks at Israeli troops, who responded with bullets. Critics had slammed the border closures as collective punishment against thousands of Palestinian workers who have far greater earning potential in Israel than in Gaza, where unemployment is rife. Vast majority of fatalities have occurred in the West Bank, which has been occupied by Israel since the 1967 Arab-Israeli conflict. There's been a rise in occupation army raids, Palestinian attacks targeting Israelis, and Israeli settler violence against Palestinians and their property. Several far-right Israeli ministers live in settlements in the occupied West Bank, which are deemed illegal under international law. Psh, nobody cares about that. This, of course, as we have to often remind you on New World Next Week, a developing bunch of stories, and we can only give you what we know as of right now, October 11th, 2023, 6.12 p.m. Mountain Time. But there is no shortage of cheers and jeers on this episode. Anti-war, independent, RFKJ supports Zionist right to self-defense. You got to read this tweet from RFK Jr. And it's real interesting, James. It seems like his support on the left is gone over his weird vaccine stance. His support on the right is gone over now his weird warmonger stance. It's kind of parallel bizarro clown world. Meanwhile, Mark Crispin Miller says this surprise attack on Israel seems just as sketchy as the wildfires in Lahaina. Decensored.news covers the media blackout after Hamas issues that statement about their motives for the attack on Israel, which doesn't get a lot of coverage. Israel orders a complete siege on Gaza Strip, cuts off electricity, food, fuel, and water for the human animals. That coming from a man, Chris, at informationliberation.com. And hundreds of thousands more Israelis okay to carry guns under new rules. That from timesofisrael.com. And perhaps the most galling one, James. U.S. has enough weapons for Israel, Ukraine, and more, says the pentagram. 
Of course, this whole thing, all, every bit of it, all stinks to high heaven. Zionist terrorist false flag events, amplified by feds and talking heads. Nepo baby Jamie Lee Curtis shared a sad photo saying, Tear from the skies! Until she realized she was sharing a photo of Israelis bombing Palestinians. Post deleted. I think the thing I might trust most frighteningly now, James, is what the CIA, Amazon, Washington Post listening device said... Back on February 3rd of 2023, Alexa says World War III will start on November 23rd when Russia attacks Germany. And I will say again for the thousandth time, for people who might not know anything about eschatology or the Bible or end times or revelations or Armageddon, when you hear that the Dome of the Rock, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, when you hear that the Dome of the Rock has been blown up, as far as Armageddon pimps believe, that will be World War III. Period. You've heard me say that dozens of times over these dozen or so years. That is in, uh, I believe, James, it's in one of the books they didn't remove from the Bible. James. All right, James, let me underline what you said there that's incredibly important for people to understand. What By the time you are hearing this, this will already be 24 hours old, what we are talking about right now. So whatever breaking news headlines are in the news at the time you're watching this, we don't know about yet. Um, so we can't cover the up to the second breaking news. But what we can do is zoom out a little and give the perspective on this story. And you're exactly right to say that this stinks to high heaven. There are so many things about that are coming out right now that um, certainly don't add up in any in any way that makes logical sense. So I, I, I think the, uh, again, if people are interested, I, I will have a lot more to say about this. I believe I'm scheduled to be talking to Ryan Christian on the lastamericanvagabond.com in the coming days. So stay tuned for that. And please do cover, uh, please do watch the coverage that Ryan Christian is doing right now. He's doing hours long streams every single day on this subject and all the up to the second breaking news. But I, I think it's important to put this in the context because Again, there's all sorts of craziness going on right now, and I would say do not believe anything you are hearing, uh, certainly not at face value, coming out of this war zone right now. Never believe anything you're hearing coming out of a war zone, but especially this one. One case in point that everyone's seen by now, and the Grey Zone, for example, has this story up. The source of the dubious beheaded babies claim is, drumroll please, settler leader who incited riots to wipe out Palestinian village. And this is the source that was unquestioningly parroted by the, uh, I believe, I-24 reporter and then got picked up by Netanyahu and Biden, etc., etc. So this is how this kind of atrocity propaganda and propaganda generally starts to spread very quickly. But what this potentially is about and what you're gesturing to right there is the potential for the broader conflict. And we all know what broader conflict means when we start talking about end times apocalypticism in in the Holy Land, etc., right? Um, so, for some perspective on that and what it could mean, um, I'll direct people to Covert Action Magazine, which had a post up about widening the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, yellow journalism stoking potential war on Iran, talking about that WSJ article that came out right in the wake of this. Oh, it was Iran! We've got inside sources that are telling us Iran was helping to plot this, which... Um, was then further amplified by foreign uh, uh, Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohen, who talked about Hamas, and this is Hamas, who is a proxy of Iran. So floating that, it looks, at, again, at the point at which we're recording this, that maybe they're walking that back a little bit and they're not going to push that. Um, at any rate, the New York Times apparently has a new post up um, via antiwar.com. U.S. intelligence shows Iranian leaders were surprised by Hamas attack. 
So maybe they're not going to pull that trigger yet, but maybe they are. Um, the latest up from the official um, Iranian website, Khamenei.ir, um, with a post about uh, Supreme Leader Imam Khamenei. And his statement on this basically, uh, you know, obviously saying this is a natural result of Zionist oppression of the Palestinians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he's not walking back anything like, oh, you know, we condemn violence on all sides or anything like that. Um, it certainly plays into the potential for the spreading of this. And I think that's what we have to definitely be concerned about because, hey, uh, whatever your position on everything that's happening, the potential for this to incredibly expand very quickly on a on a knife edge on a dime is is there and i don't know i don't know where this is going and it depends on how much they press that lever but as the second ever episode of corbett report podcast was world war three starts in iran maybe it starts in Germany, according to Alexa. But at any rate, we're talking about the potential widening of this conflict to an unprecedented level. So I think everyone needs to have their eyes on this story right now. And, and as you as you discussed, they, they sort of see the propaganda with these emotional stories. It's like you said, incubator babies, 2023. War propaganda. Again, yeah. that's all My wars. only question is, is this incubator babies 2.0 or uh, babies on bayonets 2.0? Why not both? Why not? <laughs> Why not both indeed? It took Billboard magazine a couple of days, but once they started, man, the article started to crank out all the scary articles from, yes, Billboard magazine. Again, you'll kind of know the, the fix is in when every media outlet immediately has to jump on board. Special graphics at the bottom, the, the breathless reporting. Billboard magazine started to crank out the articles. And again, as I've said for a decade to Media Monarchy listeners, when they really started to literally attack music, Manchester, Pulse, the Bataclan, Bill Clinton and Warren Buffett going to see Chance the Rapper shows, I've been saying all your concerts are belong to them. Israeli rave massacre survivors detail their escape as scores remain missing. This from Billboard run through the archive link. And of course, everything we say always get included in your show notes as the Palestinian group. Again, this is coming from Billboard magazine. As the Palestinian group Hamas continues to attack Israel and the country retaliates by bombing Gaza, survivors of the terrorist attack at the Parallelo Universo Supernova Sukkot Gathering Electronic Music Festival near the Gaza border are continuing what has become a grim search for hundreds of people who are still missing. So far, the Israeli search and rescue organization Zaka has reported that it found 260 dead bodies at the festival in Reim, Israel. An unknown number of attendees have been abducted, abducted by Hamas terrorists. At least 150 Israelis were abducted on Saturday, October 7th, according to the New York Times, and some of them were taken from the rave. On Tuesday morning, October 10th, President Biden referenced the massacre during remarks on the Israeli-Hamas conflict, naming, quote, young people massacred while attending a music festival to celebrate peace among the violent incidents of the last few days. As of Sunday evening, six to 700 festival goers were believed to be missing in the immediate aftermath of the attack, according to artist manager Raz Gaster, who was at the event and represents several acts on the lineup. The exact number of the remaining still missing has not been verified, although two sources in Israel put this number at approximately 150, accounting for bodies that have since been recovered and identified, as well as survivors who have been identified. 
though another source on the ground says it's still hard to tell how many remain missing. The Israeli offshoot of the long-standing Brazilian festival brand Parallelo Universo Supernova Sukkot Gathering was named in honor of the Jewish Sukkot holiday and hosted approximately 3,000 attendees at a rural site with two stages. You know, I think there are hundreds, possibly a thousand kids still missing in Hawaii, but nobody cares about that story anymore. Interesting thread of threads on the artist formerly known as Twitter, Tribe of Nova and Nova Productions. Interesting, and I've not had nearly any amount of time to dive through, again, what is a thread of threads on on Twitter. The too long didn't read, if I may be so crazy as to speculate. It looks like a bunch of IDF Mossad spooks acting like coolly cool rave kids. The dancing Israelis are now possibly the raving Israelis. In other musical massacres being covered by Billboard, Bruno Mars instructed to evacuate Israel amid terrorist attacks, leaving behind band's gear. On Saturday, Bruno Mars, born Peter Jean Hernandez, his birthday this last Sunday, October 8th, set to become the third American artist ever to perform two sold-out concerts at the 70,000-capacity Hayarkun Park in Tel Aviv, Israel, following Illuminati High Priestess Madonna in 2009 and MJ 30 years ago in 93. Bruno Mars played his first show there last Wednesday with two Tel Aviv acts opening, running nearly four hours in total. Both shows were promoted by Bluestone Group, which is owned by Live Nation Israel. Mars' concert cancellation represents a symbolic setback for Israel's touring business. For more than a decade, artists announcing plans to perform in the country were faced with harsh public criticism from activists and artists like Roger Waters and Brian Eno, who urged musicians to boycott the country over what they describe as unjust treatment of Palestinians. In 2018, Lana Del Rey was booked to headline the Meteor Music Festival when Roger Waters urged her to reconsider Her trip fell apart due to scheduling issues, ultimately. Roger Waters, a proponent of the BDS movement, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Palestinian-led campaign to isolate Israel also targeted Radiohead, Bon Jovi, J-Lo, and all of those unsuccessfully. Nick Cave, of course, on that list as well. New generation promoters like Tel Aviv-based Bluestone Group, which Live Nation bought in 2017, is a joint venture of several investors, including Madonna's old label, Maverick's Guy Osiri, work to increase the potential gross artists can make playing Israel while also helping them to navigate the anti-Israel backlash. In 2023, the country hosted a number of top-tier Western acts, including Imagine Dragons, Tysto, Disney Aguilera, The Black Keys, and Guns N' Roses. Ballless, soulless, spiritless, corporate little B-words, vax-pushing sellout shills, each and every one of them, as I've said for the last two-plus years, F your bands and F your concerts. James, this is now actually the longest time I've never been to a concert in my life. Two-plus years and counting. Uh, I can see why I, now. I would say probably a good choice on there, because if you are looking for <laughs> a, uh, a convenient venue for your ritualistic occultic murder sacrifice or a kill box, a convenient ki- high profile media kill box for a terrorist false flag event, where else, where better to go than the concert, right? And we've seen many examples of that over the years. And hey, I'm, I'm put in mind of the Eagles of Death concert in Paris, November 2015. Remember that one? Etc. Etc. Um, so uh, there's so many aspects to this, but one of what one of the aspects that come to mind is yet again, what exactly was the military strategic objective of this massive invasion 
force that swept in on their paragliders, question mark. Uh, again, there's so much that doesn't add up with this story. But again, the only possible, the only possible response that you would expect from some military strategy like this is exactly what we are about to see, which seems like it's going to be the ground force invasion, full-on ethnic cleansing of two million people in Gaza. Uh, I, I don't know what else you would be expecting. So one would expect, if that was going to be your strategy, the only possible follow-up to that is escalation. And yes, if it was going to be some sort of broader regional war and you were going to bring in Iran and what, what have you, maybe that makes sense. But from any other military strategic objective, it makes absolutely no sense. But then again, these are all things that, as I say, I'm going to be covering with Ryan Christian on The Last American Vagabond in the coming days. But uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, I, 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 I'd just be interested in your take on what the, the significance of this festival is per se, in terms of the larger story. I think in situations like these, they need they need sympathy. And one of the easiest ways with the largest amount of people is to target some kind of concert, some kind of large gathering, some kind of event. And they did it in Las Vegas. Again, you know, we just recently had the anniversary of that. We didn't mention that one as being another, another concert attack. I, I mean, if I were a crazy conspiracy theorist, I would say they have to come after media because that's the only thing kids of my generation and younger care about or pay attention to. I don't really care about politics, but if we can scare the crap out of you about going to a concert, oh man, I thought I was going to get the super viral killer thing. Now I might just get shot. I think that's why they go after it. And it, it does, it feels like, it, would this be Gladio 3.0, 5.0? They need these sorts of events to, and again, this is from their own, their own words and their own writings. We do these events to get the outcry from the public who will then say, you've got to do something. What were we talking about last week? More regulation, please. Seems like another, another, another classic setup. And again, this is a, something Mark Crispin Miller was saying. This is another situation to keep your head on screwed straight. This is another perfect example for mainstream media and so-called alternative media to freak out and go nuts and make a bunch of accusations. And I don't know how it will really all shake out, James. But for our third and final story on this all Zaya War dedicated episode three, no, 532, 23andMe, user data. Targeting Ashkenazi Jews leaked online. You wondered what the third and final story would be for this. Hackers have compiled a giant apparent list of people with Ashkenazi Jewish ancestry after taking that information from genetic testing service 23andMe, which is now being shared on the internet. A database that has been shared on dark web forums and viewed by Comcast NBC News has a list of 999,999 people who allegedly have used the service. It includes their first and last name, sex, and 23andMe's evaluation of where their ancestors came from. The database is titled Ashkenazi DNA Data of Celebrities, though most of the people on it aren't famous, and it appears to have been sorted to only include people with Ashkenazi heritage. NBC News was able to verify two 23andMe users in the breach as being authentic. They talked to two people and said, yep, that's me, that's my name, that's my ID. Crazy. This could be used by Nazis, one person who appears in the database said, hilariously, without a shred of irony. 
a popular option available to the company's 14 million users called DNA Relatives allows any account to search for others who may be even a distant genetic match. A single account can see the accounts of thousands of others. 23andMe now believes that the hackers simply recycled some users' passwords, it isn't clear how many, to scrape the list of people it had labeled as having Ashkenazi heritage. James, I don't know if you know people that have done this, but I've heard from some... It said we're Jewish. That, that's weird. Up to 40% of at-home genetic test results may be false positives. April 17, 2018, I will include the research that they are reporting on. False positive results released by direct-to-consumer genetic tests highlight the importance of clinical confirmation testing for appropriate patient care. Meanwhile, James, in the, what was it called, Project for a New American Century, just a little bit, a few pages after they call for a new Pearl Harbor, they write, quote, advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. Their project for a new world century is off yeah. to the races, man. Yeah, exactly right. Thank you for bringing up that reference. We should bring it up every time it's mentioned. Yes, race-specific bioweapons. Politically useful tool, says the Project for a New American Century. And who was actually working on that in the 80s? Oh, yeah, South Africa. And under the tutelage of whom? Oh, that's right, people like David Kelly and others in the uh, in the UK version, poured-and-down version of that um, that that particular realm of research. And uh, who was interested in acquiring that from South Africa? Oh, that's right, Israel. So there you go. There's there's kind of the circularity on that. And then, yes, this information could be used by Nazis, who, of course, were very interested and, and very uh, salivating over the prospect of genetic databases. Yay, eugenics. But who else was interested in eugenics? Oh, how about the originators of eugenics, i.e. the British uh, gentleman scientist class there in the late 19th century, and then, of course, transported over to the U.S. and funded into existence by wealthy uh, American billionaire uh, benefactors like the Rockefellers, etc. And yeah, they were the ones who were funding the Kaiser Wilhelm Institutes uh, in Germany. So anyway, that's an interesting circularity. And then, yeah, you would think, yeah, of course, this could be used by Nazis or other eugenics-obsessed crazies out there. Yes, it certainly could. But wouldn't you think that the, the people who supposedly... You, you, you would at least they tell us they're very concerned about you know the 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 prospect of being cattle tagged and marked and databased in these IBM Hollerith machines, etc. Well, shouldn't you be concerned then about the very existence of genetic databases at all? Why why is this security breach the first time that it is crossing your mind that may, maybe we don't want to be submitting our genetics to some company to to, to have that information out there to be used willy-nilly by eugenicists of various stripes, including Nazis, right? Yeah, I, there's so much circularity to this story, it almost hurts. But uh, I, I think it just goes to show. Anyway, I would assume most of our audience are not sending their genetics into some company to get them tested. 23andMe, who who founded that? And who's she the sister of? And how does that work? Or the, the wife of who again? Yeah, uh, once you start looking into it, it's crazier and crazier. And I should probably do a deep, deep dive on this story in particular. But yeah, anyway, wake up call for any normie who stumbled into this uh, podcast somehow. Yeah, don't. Don't send your genetics off to some company to, oh, don't worry, they'll, they'll keep it safe for me. No, it can and will be used against you. And they don't even need a court of so-called law to be having it used against you. 
NewWorldNextWeek.com has all the ways you can support both of our works. T-shirts, hats. I told you. I told you the USB bundles would be sold out soon. I told you my music compilations are the best radio you've maybe ever heard in your life. And I've told you that the audio of these New World Next Week episodes premiere after my Thursday morning shows. And I'll tell you, I I double-checked October 11th. This is the 14th anniversary of New World Next Week. Cheers, confetti. Look, we dressed up and wore ties and all special for it. (laughs) 14 years to the day of doing New World Next Week. James, what was the first story? The first story we ever covered on the first episode of New World Next Week. Did you look ahead in the notes? No, I didn't. But did it involve Ahmadinejad? Very good. Yeah, his DNA or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. His his ancestry, right? Jewish ancestry. Which then we, we, we updated in the next week. There was an update to that story. Yeah, I do remember. Our very first story we ever covered was from the Jerusalem Post. Ahmadinejad was born a Jew. So this is the rich tapestry I think we've been laying out for people for now 14 years. I will include a link to the post of the pilot episode, which of course just has the YouTube embed that says this channel's been canceled. (laughs) We have been doing our best to expose the false dichotomies and strategies of tension for 14 years in at least 532 episodes. And to the lady that keeps griping about my hair and my wild movements and not being able to share the video with her wokester friends, I am proud to announce we have made an audio version available for the last 14 years. As Morrissey says, if you don't like me, you you don't have to look at me. If I showed up in a suit next week, suit and tie, did the perfect robot delivery, they'd be like, who's this guy trying to fool? <laughs> the proof is in the 18 years of my pudding. And I have to I have to tell people this a lot of times. I'm a radio guy. I'm a lifelong radio host and DJ and sound designer. Cassie the other day said, you're more kind of like a stand-up news poet. I like that. And I don't make videos for blipverts and whatever new platform. Everybody's chasing everything around. Media Monarchy really is an acquired taste that isn't spoon-fed to you. And I challenge folks out there to come take the Media Monarchy challenge and come check us out and check out the stream. Yeah. Could, James, could you imagine if you did show up in a suit and nicely combed hair and everything every week? That would, that would be ridiculous. But yeah, uh, let's make the other caveat that we can also say to people. Yeah, there's the audio version. If you don't want to see our ugly mugs, that's fine. But how about just the links? As every single week, link after link after link, dozens and dozens of links. You could you could spend all your time reading through those. And, and often there's nuggets in there that you can send to your normie friends who don't want to look at our scary faces, right? So anyway, that's a, that's a public service we do for you as well. You're welcome. We, I mean, I, we spend more time clarifying, codifying, making good, cogent links that people can share, backing them up, using archives so the links don't disappear. We spend more time doing that than we do in, what, the 24 minutes we just now taped on, on this episode, James. I think that is the more important thing. I know I'm pretty cute. Maybe I don't want to let everybody see me. Maybe maybe you don't deserve to get to look at my cute face every week. <laughs> James, that's all I got, buddy. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for 14 years of week after week after week of these types of stories. I am looking to 14 more or 140 more. Who knows? We'll get the biological technocratic upgrades and live forever. But uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to it next week and every week thereafter. James, thank you for these stories. I hope people check out MediaMonarchy.com for the exclusive audio of this before it's posted to any video platform. And on that note, see you next week. All right, buddy. Take care.